Hello and welcome to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. This is episode 60 and I am your host Terence M. Stanton recording on the evening of Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. We are continuing our look at the wonderful book called The Secret Still Hidden by the eminent Catholic lawyer and author Christopher A. Ferrara talking about the controversy surrounding the third secret of Fatima, and we will pick up with chapter 3, entitled Terrible Words. We have considered briefly the evidence of the general nature and location of the secret, but what precisely is in the secret if, as Sochi has concluded, it is more than simply the vision of the bishop in white? Over the decades that have elapsed since suppression of the secret in 1960, the Fatimist literature has taken note of numerous testimonies by reliable witnesses who have either read the secret themselves or received information from Sister Lucia or the Pope indicating its contents. The testimony of all the witnesses converges on the conclusion Sochi has reached, that the secret includes the words of the Madonna, which pre-announce an apocalyptic crisis of the faith in the Church starting at the top and a devastation of the world. Let us survey the testimony. The future Pius XII 1931. When he was still Cardinal Pacelli, serving as Vatican Secretary of State under Pope Pius XI, the future Pius XII made this astonishing observation regarding the message of Fatima. I am worried by the Blessed Virgin's messages to little Lucia of Fatima. This persistence of Mary about the dangers which menace the Church is a divine warning against the suicide of altering the faith in her liturgy, her theology, and her soul. I hear all around me innovators who wish to dismantle the sacred chapel, destroy the universal flame of the church, reject her ornaments, and make her feel remorse for her historical past. The first two parts of the message of Fatima contain no warning about the suicide of alterations in the church's liturgy, theology, and soul. Yet the future pope linked his prediction of all these events to the Blessed Virgin's messages to little Lucia of Fatima. It seems probable, then, that in his capacity as Vatican Secretary of State, the future Pope had obtained information from Sister Lucia, or from the Fatima archives pertaining to the Third Secret, and that this information concerned a coming crisis of the Church of enormous magnitude, amounting even to the suicide of the Church itself, relatively speaking, of course. Father Augustin Fuentes, 1957 on December 26, 1957, Father Augustin Fuentes, the postulator of the causes for beatification of Francisco and Jacinta Marto, met with Sister Lucia at the convent in Coimbra, Portugal. After interviewing Lucia, Father Fuentes published a report on the interview with every guarantee of authenticity and with due episcopal approval, including that of the Bishop of Fatima. In speaking with Father Fuentes, Sister Lucia focused on the fast-approaching deadline of 1960 and of an even worse chastisement than World War II and the already manifest spread of communism, a chastisement she reveals is predicted in the third secret. Father, the Most Holy Virgin is very sad because no one has paid any attention to her message, neither the good nor the bad. The good continue on their way, but without giving any importance to her message. The bad not seeing the punishment of God actually falling upon them, continue their life of sin without even caring about the message. But believe me, Father, 
God will chastise the world, and this will be in a terrible manner. The punishment from heaven is imminent. Father, how much time is there before 1960 arrives? It will be very sad for everyone. Not one person will rejoice at all if beforehand the world does not pray and do penance. I am not able to give any other details because it is still a secret. This is the third part of the message of Our Lady, which will remain secret until 1960. While Sister Lucia said she could not give details of the third secret, she did say this to Father Fuentes. Tell them, Father, that many times the Most Holy Virgin told my cousins Francisco and Jacinta, as well as myself, that many nations will disappear from the face of the earth. She said that Russia will be the instrument of chastisement chosen by heaven to punish the whole world if we do not beforehand obtain the conversion of that poor nation. Father, the devil is in the mood for engaging in a decisive battle against the Blessed Virgin, and the devil knows what it is that offends God the most, and which in a short space of time will gain for him the greatest number of souls. Thus, the devil does everything to overcome souls consecrated to God, because in this way the devil will succeed in leading souls and leaving the souls of the faithful abandoned by their leaders. Thereby, the more easily will he seize them. That which afflicts the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Heart of Jesus is the fall of religious and priestly souls. The devil knows that religious and priests who fall away from their beautiful vocation drag numerous souls to hell. The devil wishes to take possession of consecrated souls. He tries to corrupt them in order to lull to sleep the souls of lay people and thereby lead them to final impenitence. Father, that is why my mission is not to indicate to the world the material punishments which are certain to come if the world does not pray and do penance beforehand. No, my mission is to indicate to everyone the imminent danger we are in of losing our souls for all eternity if we remain obstinate in sin. There is no reference to a diabolical attack on consecrated souls in the first two parts of the Fatima message. Yet Lucia here clearly relates this attack to the third part of the message of Our Lady, which will remain secret until 1960. Thus, Sister Lucia all but confirmed that within the etc. she had placed at the end of Our Lady's reference to the preservation of dogma in Portugal is to be found a heavenly prophecy of apostasy in the Catholic Church. Notice also that Sister Lucia, after World War II and the rise of international communism, warned of the material punishments which are certain to come if the world does not pray and do penance beforehand. Thus, Lucia intimates that the third secret foretells parallel chastisements, spiritual and material. The loss of faith in the church would be accompanied by temporal punishments of the whole world. Despite an ecclesiastical campaign to destroy his good name, Father Fuentes would ultimately be rehabilitated. By 1976, the official Fatima archivist, Father Joaquin Alonso, who had been persuaded for a time that the Father Fuentes interview was faked, had concluded from his review of the Fatima archives that the interview contains nothing that Sister Lucia has not already said in her numerous published writings. Indeed, it contained nothing that, in substance, Pius XII himself had not long before connected with the Fatima prophecy when he was still Cardinal Pacelli. Soon after the Father Fuentes interv interview appeared, Sister Lucia was silenced by order of the Vatican. No more freely given interviews, no more visits from anyone not pre-approved in Rome. So she notes that from 1960 forward, Sister Lucia could receive, in fact, only family and those who came authorized by the Vatican. So she calls this an inexplicable gagging of the only living witness to the apparitions and one of the most incomprehensible paradoxes of Fatima. After 1960, 
it would be only through her letters and certain limited encounters, approved or by chance, that Lucia would be able to communicate bits and pieces of what concerns us here. Father Joaquin Alonso, 1965. As the official Fatima archivist, Father Alonso had unrestricted access to Sister Lucia and her voluminous writings and was able to conduct innumerable interviews of the seer. Based on what Sister Lucia had said and written, Father Alonso reached these conclusions about what followed the mysterious, etc. If, in Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, it can be clearly deduced from this that in other parts of the church these dogmas are going to become obscure or even lost altogether. Thus, it is quite possible that in this intermediate period, which is in question, after 1960 and before the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the text makes concrete references to the crisis of the faith of the church and to the negligence of the pastors themselves. Elsewhere, Father Alonso summed up his conclusions thus, It is therefore completely probable that the text makes concrete references to the crisis of faith within the church and to the negligence of the pastors themselves to internal struggles in the very bosom of the church and of grave pastoral negligence by the upper hierarchy and deficiencies of the upper hierarchy of the church. Sister Lucia, post-1960. Even after she was ordered not to receive any visitors, except those approved by the Vatican, Sister Lucia wrote many times to reliable witnesses of a diabolical disorientation in the church and the world of which Our Lady had warned her. For example, there is a diabolical disorientation invading the world and misleading souls. The devil has succeeded in infiltrating evil under the cover of good, and the blind are beginning to guide others. And the worst is that he has succeeded in leading into error and deceiving souls, having a heavy responsibility through the place which they occupy. They are blind men leading other blind men. They let themselves be dominated by the diabolical wave invading the world. Even more dramatically, when asked about the content of the third secret, Sister Lucia replied simply, It's in the Gospel and the Apocalypse. Read them. Since the first two parts of the message of Fatima say nothing of diabolical disorientation in the Church, or any connection of the message to the book of the Apocalypse, the only reasonable inference is that these matters pertain to the third secret. Cardinal Ottaviani, 1967 during a press conference concerning the Third Secret in 1967, Cardinal Ottaviani, then pro-prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which had replaced the Holy Office, stated that the Third Secret had not been revealed in order to avoid that something so delicate, not destined for public consumption, come, for whatever reason, even fortuitous, to fall into alien hands. What could be so delicate about the secret that the Vatican was afraid it would fall into alien hands? From the evidence already discussed, we have a good idea of the answer to that question. Pope Paul VI, 1967 On May 13, 1967, during his trip to Fatima, Paul VI introduced his encyclical letter, Signum Magnum, whose opening line, in keeping with the revelation of Sister Lucia just mentioned, links the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima to Chapter 12 of the Book of the Apocalypse. The great sign which the Apostle John saw in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, is interpreted by the sacred liturgy, not without foundation, as referring to the most blessed Mary, the mother of all men by the grace of Christ the Redeemer. It cannot have been a mere happenstance that Paul VI chose the occasion of his sermon at Fatima on this date 
to lament that the renewal of the church after Vatican II was going wrong. What an evil it would be if an arbitrary interpretation not authorized by the magisterium transformed this renewal into a disquieting disintegration of her traditional structure and constitution. Joining the theme of material chastisement to the spiritual chastisement clearly already in progress, Pope Paul declared, We say the world is in danger. Therefore, we have come on foot to demand of the Queen of Peace as a gift what only God can give, peace. Men, think of the gravity and the greatness of this hour, which can decide the history of the present and of future generations. Note well Pope Paul's linkage at Fatima of the ecclesial crisis with danger to the whole world. John Paul II, 1980. Thirteen years later, Pope John Paul II made the same linkage. At a meeting with a select group of Catholic intellectuals at Fulda, Germany, the Pope was asked, what about the third secret of Fatima? Should it not have already been published by 1960? The Pope replied, Given the seriousness of the contents, my predecessors in the Petrine office diplomatically preferred to postpone publication so as not to encourage the world power of communism to make certain moves. On the other hand, it should be sufficient for all Christians to know this. If there is a message in which it is written that the oceans will flood whole areas of the earth and that from one moment to the next millions of people will perish, truly the publication of such a message is no longer something to be so much desired. The Pope was then asked, What is going to happen to the Church? To this question the Pope replied, We must prepare ourselves to suffer great trials before long, such as will demand of us a disposition to give up even life, and a total dedication to Christ and for Christ. With your and my prayer, it is possible to mitigate this tribulation, but it is no longer possible to avert it, because only thus can the Church be effectively renewed. How many times has the renewal of the church sprung from blood? This time, too, it will not be otherwise. We must be strong and prepared and trust in Christ and his mother and be very, very assiduous in praying the rosary. Thus, in 1980, the Pope warned of both a material and a spiritual chastisement in connection with his discussion of the third secret. John Paul II, 1982 on May 13, 1982, during his trip to Fatima after the assassination attempt, Pope John Paul II once again linked the message of Fatima to apocalyptic developments not mentioned in the first two parts. In his sermon, which I quoted earlier, he revealed that Our Lady of Fatima had issued what Pius XII had called a divine warning about an attack on the dogmas of the faith. Can the mother, who with all the force of the love that she fosters in the Holy Spirit, and desires the salvation of every man, can she remain silent when she sees the very basis of her children's salvation undermined? No, she cannot remain silent. These bases of salvation must refer to firm adherence to the Catholic faith as found in the dogmatic teachings of the Church and in her sacraments, the means by which souls are saved. Thus, albeit in a veiled way, the Pope was linking the message of Fatima to a threat to dogma and discipline in the Church just as the future Pius XII did in 1931. But where in the message is there such a warning? Certainly not in the parts that had already been published as of 1982. During the same trip to Fatima, John Paul II discussed with Sister Lucia the question why the third secret had not yet been revealed. As Sister Lucia informed Cardinal Odi, 
while the Cardinal was in Fatima for the annual May 13th celebration of the apparitions in 1985, the Pope told her that the secret had not been divulged because it could be badly interpreted. Here the Pope provided a further hint that the secret would be embarrassing to church authorities because it concerns a crisis of faith and discipline for which they themselves are responsible. Bishop do Amaral, 1984. On September 10, 1984, Bishop Alberto Cosme do Amaral, the Bishop of Fatima, emphasized the secret's prediction of apostasy in the Church. During a question-and-answer session in the Aula Magna of the Technical University of Vienna, Austria, he flatly declared, It's, the third secret's, content concerns only our faith. The loss of faith of a continent is worse than the annihilation of a nation, and it is true that faith is continually diminishing in Europe. Cardinal Ratzinger, 1984. On November 11, 1984, Cardinal Ratzinger, in an interview in Jesus Magazine, revealed that he had read The Third Secret and that it concerns dangers threatening the faith and the life of the Christian and therefore of the world. There is, of course, no reference in the first two parts of the Message of Fatima to dangers threatening the faith as distinct from dangers to the Pope and other believers in the form of wars and persecutions of the Church by external enemies. The Cardinal further revealed that the things contained in this third secret correspond to what has been announced in Scripture and has been said again and again in many other Marian apparitions. As to why the secret had not been published, the Cardinal said, If it is not published, at least for now, it is to avoid confusing religious prophecy with sensationalism. Apparently contradicting himself, however, the Cardinal added that the secret had not been revealed because, according to the judgment of the popes, it adds nothing that differs from what a Christian should know from Revelation. A secret that adds nothing to what a Christian should know would not be sensational. In fact, it would not even be a secret. Why, then, had the text of the secret been placed forever under absolute seal in 1960? The cardinal's suggestion that the secret contains nothing we do not already know hardly comported with the way the Vatican had been handling it for decades. Cardinal Ratzinger and Our Lady of Akita. The cardinal's linkage of the religious prophecy of the third secret to other Marian apparitions in his 1984 interview was abundantly revealing. The apparition of Our Lady of Akita to Sister Agnes Katsuko Sasagawa, a Japanese nun, on October 13, 1973, the very anniversary of the miracle of the sun, was found to be authentic and worthy of belief after an investigation by Bishop Ito of the Diocese of Akita. Here is what Our Lady said to Sister Agnes. As I told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It will be a punishment greater than the deluge, such as one will never have seen before. Fire will fall from the sky and will wipe out a great part of humanity, the good as well as the bad, sparing neither priests nor faithful. The survivors will find themselves so desolate that they will envy the dead. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary and the sign left by my son. Each day recite the prayers of the rosary. With the rosary, pray for the Pope, the bishops, and priests. The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres, churches and altars sacked, 
the church will be full of those who accept compromises, and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. Howard D., former Philippine ambassador to the Vatican, revealed in a 1998 interview with Inside the Vatican that Bishop Ito was certain Akito was an extension of Fatima. And Cardinal Ratzinger personally confirmed to me that these two messages of Fatima and Akita are essentially the same. If the messages of Fatima and Akita are, as Cardinal Ratzinger admitted, essentially the same, a great crisis of faith within the church accompanied by a worldwide chastisement, then it appears we must look to the third secret for the content that would make such a comparison apt. The third secret then, as does the Akita prophecy, would make explicit Sister Lucia's own reference to a combined spiritual and material chastisement of the Church, much worse than what had already transpired with World War II and the rise of world communism. Cardinal Ratzinger, 1985. Adding further to the enigma the Cardinal's own words had created in 1984, the text of this interview, which the Cardinal had reviewed and approved before its publication, was mysteriously revised for republication in the book entitled Report on the Faith, which appeared in June 1985. In the report, the Cardinal's original reference to dangers threatening the faith and the life of the Christian and therefore of the world was sanitized to read the dangers threatening humanity. Had the Cardinal said too much? At the same time, however, the reference to the sensational content of the Third Secret was made even clearer. To publish the Third Secret would also signify exposing oneself to the danger of the sensationalistic use of the contents. Cardinal Odie, 1990. On March 17, 1990, Cardinal Silvio Odie, a close personal friend of John XXIII, declared that the Third Secret has nothing to do with Gorbachev. The Blessed Virgin was alerting us against apostasy in the Church. Cardinal Chappie, 1995. In 1995, Cardinal Luigi Chappi, no less than the papal theologian to Popes Pius XII, John XXIII, Paul VI, John Paul I, and John Paul II, a span of 40 years, made this revelation concerning the contents of the secret. In the third secret, it is foretold, among other things, that the great apostasy in the Church begins at the top. Cardinal Ratzinger, 1996. A year later, giving further indications that the Third Secret would cause a sensation, Cardinal Ratzinger said during an interview with a leading Portuguese journalist, Ara Miguel, that the divulging of the secret should be done only when it will not be able to create one-sidedness and disequilibrium, concentrating only on its details. The revelation should be made only when it, the Third Secret, will be able to be understood as an aid to the progress of the faith. What are these details on which we must not concentrate, lest they cause disequilibrium in the Church? From what we have seen thus far, we are dealing with some very precise content that could only involve particular predictions by the Blessed Virgin, as distinct from the unexplained meaning of the wordless vision of the Bishop in White. John Paul II, 2000, The Compromise Solution Finally, on May 13, 2000, John Paul II renewed the apocalyptic theme of Paul VI at Fatima 33 years earlier, 
once again linking Our Lady of Fatima to chapter 12 of the Book of the Apocalypse. In his sermon at the Mass for the Beatification of Jacinta and Francisco, John Paul declared, According to the divine plan, a woman clothed with the sun, Apocalypse 12.1, came down from heaven to this earth to visit the privileged children of the Father. She speaks to them with a mother's voice. And heart. She asked them to offer themselves as victims of reparation, saying that she was already, excuse me, saying that she was ready to lead them safely to God. Another portent appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, Apocalypse 12.3. These words from the first reading of the Mass make us think of the great struggle between good and evil, showing how, when man puts God aside, he cannot achieve happiness, but ends up destroying himself. The message of Fatima is a call to conversion, alerting humanity to have nothing to do with the dragon, whose tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth, Apocalypse 12.4. Man's final goal is heaven, his true home, where the Heavenly Father awaits everyone with his merciful love. In her motherly concern, the Blessed Virgin came here to Fatima to ask men and women to stop offending God, our Lord, who is already very offended. It is a mother's sorrow that compels her to speak. The destiny of her children is at stake. Here we encounter the evidence of what Sochi has called the Compromise Solution on Disclosure of the Third Secret a papal sermon revealing its apocalyptic content indirectly. As already noted, Sister Lucia also revealed that the third secret is related to the book of the Apocalypse. At Fatima, John Paul II could not have made this more explicit. But even more important, the Pope's association of the message of Fatima with the stars of heaven being swept down from heaven by the tail of the dragon, who appears in chapter 12, verses 3 and 4 of the Apocalypse, was an unmistakable linkage of the Fatima message to the threat of apostasy in the church. How do we know this? We know it because the fall of one-third of the stars of heaven is traditionally interpreted to mean the fall of consecrated souls. Father Herman B. Kramer discusses the traditional exegesis in his commentary on the Apocalypse, The Book of Destiny, first published with an imprimatur, providentially enough, in 1956, only six years before the opening of Vatican II. As Father Kramer notes, the symbol of one-third of the stars in heaven signifies one-third of the clergy who shall follow the dragon. By means of these apostate clergy, the devil will probably enforce upon the church the acceptance of unchristian morals, false doctrines, compromise with error, or obedience to the civil rulers and violation of conscience. Further, the symbolic meaning of the dragon's tail may reveal that the clergy who are ripe for apostasy will hold the influential positions in the church, having won preferment by hypocrisy, deceit, and flattery. These wayward clergy will include those who neglected to preach the truth or to admonish the sinner by a good example, but rather saw popularity by being lax and the slaves of human respect. Those who fear for their own interests and will not remonstrate against evil practices in the church and bishops who abhor upright priests who dare to tell the truth. Surely, this scenario sounds familiar to contemporary Catholics, although it would have been viewed with amazement in the 1950s. Pope John Paul cannot have been unaware of the traditional understanding of the apocalyptic passages he had cited at Fatima and linked to the Fatima message. The Pope could only have been evoking the very thing Sister Lucia had confided to Father Fuentes, that the message of Fatima, 
in the part that must be kept secret until 1960, warns of a massive defection of priests and religious under the influence of the devil, and consequent apostasy among the faithful who are left without shepherds. To recall Sister Lucia's words, the devil knows that religious and priests who fall away from their beautiful vocation drag numerous souls to hell. Again, however, the vision of the bishop dressed in white contains no indication of any such apostasy in the church. It contains no words at all, which could explain its content, but only the angel's single word repeated thrice, penance. It is reasonable to conclude, therefore, that here the Pope was indirectly revealing the words of the Virgin explaining the vision, as contained in the text of the secret that is yet to be produced. As so she notes, the sister Lucia, Pope Paul VI, and Pope John Paul II all link the third secret to the apocalypse cannot be casual, but must indicate a strict link between the prophetic book of the Apostle John and the third secret. A summary of the evidence on this point. In sum, before the Vatican's publication of the vision of the bishop dressed in white on June 26, 2000, there was already a large body of evidence that the text of the third secret involved a divine warning about suicidal alterations in the liturgy, theology, and soul of the church, the future Pius XII in 1931. A prediction that after 1960, the devil will succeed in leaving the souls of the faithful abandoned by their leaders by causing religious and priests to fall away from their beautiful vocation, dragging numerous souls to hell, and that nations will disappear from the face of the earth. Sister Lucia to Father Fuentes in 1957. Contents so delicate that they cannot be allowed, for whatever reason, even fortuitous, to fall into alien hands. Cardinal Ottaviani in 1967. A text diplomatically withheld because of the seriousness of its contents, and which predicts after 1980 great trials and tribulation for the church, which it is no longer possible to avert, and the destruction of whole areas of the earth, so that from one moment to the next millions of people will perish. John Paul II at Fulda, 1980. Details that could be badly interpreted. John Paul II in 1982. A religious prophecy of dangers threatening the faith and the life of the Christian and therefore of the world. Cardinal Ratzinger in 1984. Matters which would make for the sensationalistic utilization of its contents. Cardinal Ratzinger in 1985. A prediction of apostasy in the church that begins at the top. Cardinal Chappie in 1995. Details that would cause disequilibrium in the church. Cardinal Ratzinger in 1996. A warning of a material chastisement of the world, which accompanies the great apostasy in the church, like that predicted in the approved apparition of Our Lady of Akita in 1973, whose message is essentially the same as the message of Our Lady of Fatima. Cardinal Ratzinger to Howard D., as reported in 1998. A warning to avoid the tail of the dragon, the devil, referred to in the book of the Apocalypse, chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, which sweeps one-third of the stars, priests, and other consecrated souls from heaven, their vocations. John Paul II in 2000. The vision, as we shall see, involves none of these elements, a fact that has led Sochi and many other Catholics to conclude that there must be a missing text of the third secret. A movement emerges. The body of evidence we have surveyed in this and the preceding chapter is so compelling 
that it gave rise to a movement in the church composed of loyal Catholics, unjustly derided as Fatimists, Catholics who could see that the secret had been suppressed because its contexts were both precise and terrible. On a personal note, I proudly consider myself to be a Fatimist. To continue, over the decades that followed 1960, this movement grew larger, and the pressure for disclosure of the truth about the secret, the whole truth, intensified. The issue of the third secret would simply not go away, nor could it, given the secret's heavenly origin and the universal destination of the message of Fatima as a whole. As Pope John Paul himself declared at Fatima on May 13, 1982, this message is addressed to every human being. Thus was the stage set for the Vatican's purported revelation of the secret in June of 2000. Thus ends Chapter 3. Let us conclude by honoring Our Lady of Fatima and St. Joseph. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph for Purity by Father Donald Calloway. St. Joseph, strong spiritual father, defend me against sins of the flesh. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. St. Joseph, terror of demons, protect me from lust, immoral desires in my heart, and impure actions in my body. Help me not to offend God. Here and now, I chain myself to you and sacrifice everything for the good, the true, and the beautiful. I love you, St. Joseph, and I thank you for being my spiritual father. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to episode 60 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It has been my pleasure to be your host. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. Goodbye, and God love you.